0: Persevering to gold. This message was birthed out of the culmination of the last two years of my life. My wife has listened to me talk, complain, cry, whine for two years. She's an amazing woman. <laughs> this is a message that I gave in Guadalajara. The young adult team went down to Guadalajara in December, and I gave it in December. And when I gave it, I, I still was going through, coming out of towards the end, maybe-ish, not knowing how things would really land, horrific season. So I gave this, and it was a very powerful message in, in that the response, it's different than it's gonna be today, but then it was all about receiving tongues and, and encouragement, and, and the church just, God came and touched the church very powerfully. But I was not in a great place. <laughs> I can tell you now I have come through this two-year trial and I've come out on the other side and I've had a great two month and a half, two months. It's been wonderful. And I know that this season is not going to be forever because more trials and tribulations are going to come for sure, but I'm really enjoying the past month and a half. But I can, I share that to say that I can speak now with this message that this is actually true. In a, in a big way, in a, in, a, in a real way, in a miraculous way. And I will share my dirt later on. That will probably be the most enjoyable part of the message for you. But let's just read, uh, for sake of time, James 1 and 3, most of this morning. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Oh, that sounds awesome right there. I mean... For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let's just say our endurance is not going to be fully, fully developed until we see him face to face, because it's just not going to be, we know, we know ourselves. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. In the first service, the Lord was like... Joe, that's why the season was so long. You weren't listening. I was like, oh. And so I, I didn't share that in that way. I, I shared it more as, I wonder if it was because, you know, maybe we don't always listen. And uh, anyways, tongue in cheek. How true is it that our seasons are delayed or lengthened because we're not listening and not doing What the Lord is saying. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. So we know there's difficult times. It says trials of many kinds. It's like, can't we just do one thing at a time? Can't we just, okay, there's this thing done. This thing done. No, it's when it rains, it's pours. It's always, you know... There's a, we all have like big, we all have things going on in our life. None of us are without trial, except for maybe this month and a half has been really nice. None of, we, we have mostly trials going on in our life or, or the loved ones that are in our life are going through something and we're trying to help and encourage them. There's just trials and stuff everywhere. Couldn't we just do it one at a time? Like even if it's one big thing, I could just deal with that but when there's you know we all we all have that that one thing and then there's like half a dozen other things that aren't that big but then they become a bigger deal because this thing is so different it's just like many trials of many kinds thank you lord consider it pure joy well if you replace joy with happiness that's never gonna happen it's never gonna happen I'm happy right now. <laughs> it's good. But that emotion, this great season, this lighter season is not joy. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's joy, but it's, it's happy. It's a good season. Yay, the sun is shining. But when the storms come and the clouds come, to have joy is a different thing. We know that mentally. But a lot of this morning is about us being honest with ourselves, not me pointing out whether you're being honest or not, not you pointing to your spouse if they're being honest or not, but each of us being honest of of where we're really at with this. And the, the honest question is, do I really trust that God is present and active? I mean, we sing our songs, we say our verses, and then we leave the meeting and we're anxious, fearful, and worried. And that's, that's not a criticism. I mean, maybe that's not you. Maybe you, maybe you are super, super, super strong Christian and really, really good at this. And there are, we all have met those diamonds in the rough, or those diamonds, we're like, wow, that is not me. Thank you for that affirmation. <laughs> totally kidding, totally kidding. <laughs> Difficult times, having joy. Trusting whether or not God is actually going to get us through or do we take matters into our own hands and try to figure everything out? I'm an analyzer. I love to analyze. I love, I don't know why I love to do it. Ashley's like, stop thinking. What are you thinking? I'm not thinking anything. She's like, liar? What are you thinking about? I'm always thinking. My personality is an ENFJ. I'm not personality-wise labeled a thinker. I'm, I'm more emotional but I'm always thinking emotionally. <laughs> it's a great combination. Do I want to be in control and figure out how to get around this storm, how to get through this storm, how to avoid this storm? Because I'm sure as heck not going to go through this again. Do we trust God when it doesn't make sense? That's where the analyzing for me comes in. It's like, okay, I can see why this is happening. It's hard. It's difficult. Okay. I I see you leading in this. It's okay. It's going to be okay. But when I don't see him leading in it, when I don't see an end, when I don't see a, a potential result and way through, that's when I freak out internally and try to control and manage. I mean, does anyone else do that? Do we actually trust Him when the rubber meets the road? This is a testing of our faith. Pastor Tom many times has taught this truth that the word for tempt and test is the same word. And the enemy comes to tempt, but the Lord uses that to test. Okay, buddy, I am building you into something beautiful, and I'm coming as the building inspector, and you think you're pretty spiritual and pretty mature, and you're ready for, you think you're ready for the next, next stage of your journey with me, I got to co- come inspect. I got to come test this. The enemy's also at the inspection. When the Lord puts some pressure or allows some pressure to be put on our foundation via circumstance, via situation, via difficulty, the enemy's right there like, just take the easy. Just do it, just just say it. Just say it, Joe, you know you're gonna feel better if you just say it. And we do for a little, maybe, maybe a few seconds, maybe five or 10 minutes, feeling really proud, maybe an hour or two. But then that same alluring temptation, the enemy's right there are like, you jerk. you're a Christian, you love God, come on. Right there with the condemnation. We know this, we know this trick and we fall for it like every time. Like do we not learn? Well the answer, we talked about this yesterday where we have a young adult, in our young adult community there's a smaller group that meets we do Celebration of Discipline, and we're talking about, and someone brought up that, you know, we know this, that we're sheep. God calls us sheep. Oh, sweet, cuddly sheep. Yeah, sheep are so stupid. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I'm the shepherd. Here's my sheep. Yeah, they're, they're dumb. They do the same thing over and over. They fall in, in the mud, and they get stuck. in the, And the Lord will come get us every time, but it does, doesn't mean that the sheep aren't stupid. Okay, enough of that. It's a testing, testing of our faith. Don't respond in the wrong spirit. Don't give in to the temptation. Let your actions and your choice prove the gold of God and you improve the character that he's done. We know we can't will our character, but we know we have a part to say no and yes to the right things. So what's the point in all of this testing of our faith? Why do we have to go through it? Well, that's actually what produces the perseverance. So this whole idea of not giving up, part of not giving up, part of as we go through things and we've gone through things well and come out the other side of trials and seen, okay, we got victory in this or this, yes, this, this, we were through the trial, is there's reward on the other side. We know This joyful season. Thank you, God. Is that not, that's encouragement, right? That's like, okay, I know if I get through this, if I allow this process that the Lord is taking me through, if I face this, if I stand in this fire with the Lord, I know, I know it will be good on the other side. And the longer we can endure and persevere, the more perseverance is built in us. It's kind of like Pastor Nathan was telling me how he's been doing this cold shower thing. This is new for this service, so you're lucky. He's been doing this this ice bath thing, and you know, he gets all the toxins out, brings them all to the surface, you sw- and then you get in the sun and sweat them out, all that sort of stuff. Well, the first time you do it, you're like five seconds, and you're like, I can't breathe. You're going to have a heart attack. And then, but the more you do it, the longer you can stand in the ice cold water. Perseverance produces gold. How does this happen? 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, they, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. The thing is, when we go through trials and we actually go through them with the Lord, he's always revealed. He's always revealed. And then people are like, oh my goodness, God is real. He is powerful. And it fights doubt. It fights fear. It fights hopelessness. And it distinguishes the people of God from the rest of the world who have no hope. And so if, perchance, we are not experiencing that, maybe, maybe something is off. Maybe we're going around the mountain. Maybe we're avoiding and going around and around. And only you, only you can know that. Only you can say, do you, do I, do we want to be a generation that dies in the desert going around the mountain? It's in this time, it's in this wilderness time, in this trial, storm, difficulty, unknowing, where God teaches us that trust. He teaches us to rely on him, that he will lead us through. And it's like, why does every trial, the next one's bigger? You know, the whole saying, new level, new devil, okay, all that, yeah, charismatic, rah, rah, yeah, that's true, yeah, okay, yes, there's an element that's true to that. But it's all, It doesn't it seem to be reality? Like, okay, my struggles in the 20s, We're not like in the 30s. And my struggles in the 30s are not like they're now. in the 40s. Now I have four kids and all this stuff. It's like, it becomes more difficult and easier at the same time. It seems like this oxymoron. And if we get on the wrong side of things, it will become extremely difficult driving us into hopelessness and despair. So, how do we persevere to gold? Well, I alluded to it before. it's We have to be listening to God. First, we need to listen and be slow to speak, slow to respond. When a circumstance is happening, circumstance is always, almost always, with another person, right? When we say circumstance, someone else is always involved. When a circumstance, a situation arises, be slow to speak, slow to respond. Listen, listen in the moment. Well, God, what, what do I say? Because I want to punch them in the teeth right now. What do I say? You know, be honest. It's okay. Or, or I mean, uh, other personality other I just want to curl up and cry. Night now. What do I do? No, you need to stand up and be bold. So, what, what, what do you want me to do and say in the moment? And that's hard sometimes when things are flying. Life is so fast, and oh my goodness, and the si- all of a sudden the situations happening, I got all these other ten things. Now, bam, and the enemy is just like, yep gotcha. That's why I love this song that Megan sang. The enemy thought he had me, but the Lord said he is mine. There's always hope. There's always hope. There's always hope. As Pastor Tom said, the enemy will just, has all the time in the world. He'll just wait us out until we give up. The Lord's like, I got all the time in the world too. We'll just just wait this out till the enemy gives up and, and flees. It's all how we respond, how we stand, the spirit we're operating in. If we're operating in our own strength and our own flesh, we're going to give in to the devil. We're going to give in to ourself. And and the facade of our spirituality will will not carry us. I, I I know mine doesn't. So we need to be listening in the moment. Because this is the most accurate information. And sometimes listening is listening to the scripture. We need to be in the word regularly, right? We need to be reading what he's saying and what's true, not just just always like, well, this is what the Holy Spirit said. Well, do you really know? Because what you're saying the Holy Spirit just said is actually contradictory to the word of God. Like we we have to discern truth. It's spirit and in truth. And we need the word of God in larger doses in our lives, all of us. But then, so this is all James 3. And then what does James say? if you hear but you don't do it then you're just deceived how often is that the case i mean i know that's the case for me what is going on i don't understand what's going on this is such a mess this is so dumb blah 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 i'm whining and complaining hey buddy do this no i don't No, that's no that's too no god what do i do i'm reading i'm worshiping i'm crying out to god god what do i do what do i do do this no that's not you See how confusing that is? And how we get tossed around. So we have to actually do what God is saying, not just listen. And James says it's like looking in a mirror and forgetting, walking away and forgetting yourself. Or it's like looking at a road map. Like, I don't know what to do. Where do I go? I'm looking at the road map. And then I go back to drive. I'm like, oh, there's the exit. I don't want to take that. (laughs) It must be further down the road. Or you know the more likely it's, The exit's down here for another 10 miles, but there's 10 exits along the way. I want to get off and get some McDonald's because that's just going to be so much easier. Do we use worldly wisdom, our own wisdom, our own thoughts and ideas that frankly are just to make us feel better in the moment, just to relieve, alleviate the pain, the frustration, the difficulty? James talks about that too. He says, those are, uh, those are things that satisfy our own ambitions, our own selfish desires and wants. And you're like, well, okay, that's just the flesh. And yeah, he says it's unspiritual and it's demonic. So not doing what God says is not only dumb and foolish and just, you know, you're just operating out of yourself. But you're actually operating under demonic influence. You're agreeing with demonic principles and ideas. James says, you find disorder and evil of every practice. I mean, you get, you get two people together, this is going to happen. Especially when you have strong leaders together. God says we have to do it this way. Oh yeah, God says we have to do it this way. No, God says we have to do it this way. No, 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 God says we have to do it this way. I know. Well, the Bible says we have to do it. The Bible doesn't actually say we have to do it that way. Do we say what we want, or do we control our tongues and speak the word of God? Are we praising God or are we cursing people? Are we speaking life or death? This is actually what determines if we're spiritual or not. So let our actions do the talking. And James says, true spirituality is looking after widows and orphans and not becoming polluted by the world. So living righteously. Man, I'm not spiritual. Not that spiritual. Here's a couple spiritual tools to help that I will go through quickly for sake of time. Spiritual tools. Let's read our Bibles. We need to be reading our Bibles way more, right? Like I remember in my, my early 20s that I would, I would sleep on my Bible. It was my pillow. I read it all the time. I was single and undistracted. And, and <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Poor girl. When we were first married first year is, I love you, but I love God more than you. I would tell her that all the time. Like, what a jerk. You know, I mean, I I love you second best. I mean, it's true, but I don't know. You are a very wonderful woman, (laughs) and I'm very lucky that you said yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, read your Bibles. This aligns our thinking Continual source of spiritual food, James 1.8, we'll go read that. Worship aligns our hearts, not just singing on Sunday morning or our meetings. Those are wonderful times. Those are wonderful times, but that to align ourselves and to be healthy, we need to be in the Word. We need to be worshiping Him in our prayer closets, alone with Him. A lifestyle of prayer and worship A life and prayer. Pastor Greg's message last week, we don't even have to talk about prayer today. That was so amazing. Another one, pr- another tool, praying in tongues. This is what Ephesians 6 is really culminates to. You know, it's all the armor in 6, and all that is, yes, armor. But then it says in verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, just all kinds of prayers and requests. This is the, this is the empowerment. This is the edification. This is what builds you up to stand in his mighty power. This is what frankly empowers uh, uh, the armor. It, you know, if you think about the breastplate of righteousness and, and I'm righteous because of the blood of Christ, like praying in tongues like makes that true, right? Like that's praying. It's talking. It's your spirit crying out to God and that's, that's the building up. That's the empowering of those principles, of those truths, of those understandings. So pray in tongues and if you don't pray in tongues, your prayer language, not public prayer language, but if you don't pray in tongues, Pastor Tom I've never heard anyone preach and teach about tongues like him. Those of you that have heard him, it's amazing. He talks about how he used to moo trying to pray in tongues. Praise God he doesn't moo anymore. He got his prayer language. Um, but he, he will help you. And the Holy Spirit will empower you and reveal that to you. Take every thought captive. This is the most, probably the most, well, I wouldn't say most important tool, but this is like such an important tool. This, this is where everything is fleshed out. Is this from God? Is this from myself? Is this from the enemy? Take those thoughts captive and make them conform to Christ. Make them conform to Christ. So to finish up, what, what and I promised you I'd share my, my dirty laundry, so that's coming. Don't worry. What, what is the gold we are persevering for? There is personal gold, right? Character, character growth, maturity. This is the sanctification process that we're on. If we're engaged and we're, we're all in and this will be the journey the rest of our lives. is purifying, purifying, not perfection, but we're being perfected. We'll be perfect, needing nothing when we see him face to face. And if we can control our tongue, which I don't think we'll be able to do till we see him face to face. At least I don't know if I will be able to do that personal goal, character, makes us look more like Jesus. There are promises for your life, for each of us. There are probably a handful of things that we feel God has given us. Those promised land things, those, those assignments, just personal things that he's promised us in our life. And we have to persevere for those. We have to keep standing in those and for those. I will come back to what, I would, what I'm going to propose as the most important Thing we need to persevere for in our life, and I'll skip for just a second down to persevering for things corporately. There are mandates, there are assignments, there are callings for us as this body, as city church, that we need to stand in unity and persevere for. One of those is being a catalyst for revival in the region, and that, that is one that part of my turmoil the past two years that language and how we do that and how we think about that. And I, I'm and like, we need to be careful, like, who do we think we are in this city? Like, oh, city, we are. And we were having a, a pastoral staff getaway the other the other week, and in that, it was like I felt like the Lord gave us this, this better picture for catalyst, or, or at least for me, this word of catalyst was, was was troublesome in that I just couldn't. It just felt wrong, and the Lord is like, "Think about chemistry, Joe." Catalyst is not the initiator. It's not the chemical reaction. It's not actually the result. So the catalyst actually just speeds up what's already taking place. Yes. It speeds up what's already taking place. So God is already moving. God is already bringing revival. It's not City Church. It's not us. But he can use us as a catalyst to spread what he's doing and to further what he's doing and to speed up the process. Okay, so that helped me. And if that's all that's for, praise God. Persevere for corporate gold unity, uh, and that's where there's blessing and oil. The, the, um, the, the, the contending for the presence of God in the double portion has been a 10-year ten, ten contending. And we need to keep contending for that together. So, there are things to persevere for, individually, corporately. This is what individually and corporately, I believe, is the most important thing to persevere to go for. Our relationships. This is where all our problems are. Maybe we fight about vision and direction or this or that, but the fighting about that is still with the people. Maybe we fight because someone teased us wrong or someone did something actually malicious and mean or was competing. I mean, we can go through all sorts of Bible verses to talk about this, but this is in us, just like it's in the world and we need to get this out of us. And the trials of relationships is what brings these things all to surface. If you just come up and talk to me and you don't know me, you're like, oh, he's such a great guy, he's so sweet. Spend a little time with me. <laughs> Spend a little time with me. And it's the same for all of us <laughs> in varying degrees. <laughs> I am a more difficult person than most. But this is where we have to persevere. Why? Well, let me say this. If we could persevere relationally, all all of us in this room together, what would happen in this region? If we started being honest with each other in a loving, kind way, laying down our facades, our pretension, our spiritual language and hype, what if we did that? What would that look like? And not brutal, like tearing each other apart honesty. It's just like, dude, you're being a jerk, please stop. Buddy, he really hurt me, can you not do that again? And not be so defensive, not be so easily wounded. See, we're all wounded, we just need to be healed, right? We're all wounded, we all have past. we all, some of our wounds are worse than others. And we know that as we interact. Here's my, here's my dirty laundry. In November, I was, I was, I had shared how sabbatical was horrible, I was struggling. Those in closer circles knew that I was I was done, and I was saying I was done. And I I have permission to share this, and encouraged to share this. The reason it was so bad was because Pastor Tom and I were fighting. I would say something, he would say something. No, it's like that. No, it's like that. And we would try to work out, and it was just it would just get worse. Try to address it. No. He tried to try to help. No. And in November, we have our staff retreat, which is supposed to be a wonderful time. And it was probably for most. But during the pastoral staff time, this is our, our whole staff, support staff. Everybody comes up. We go to Green Lake. It's food and games and worship and vision casting and all that fun stuff. And we all, the pastoral staff goes up a day early and we get to spend some time together and we pray over each other. We break up into groups. And I tell my group, which was not new news, but, but more almost absolute news. I said, I just need to leave. And I'm all emotional and tears. By this time, the pastoral staff knew that there were big problems between Tom and I because it would pop up in our, we'd get into his office and, and everyone's like, what's going on? And some people were like, "Yeah, let's pray you out," and others were like, "No, Joe, no, stay." And I, I'm ready to be done. And actually, like I had so many people encouraging me to just just keep keep going the course and not not to leave. And I was like, "But I'm causing I'm just I'm causing a problem." And it wasn't great. This great integris response of I will lay my life down and just leave because I'm up. It was I'm just going to leave. This is horrible, and I'm. I'm making Tom mad. Tom's making me mad. Other people are mad because of, because of the. I just need to go. It's towards the end of November after that. And I had several people speaking, very respectable, respectable res, people I respect very much, saying some things very direct about not going, and, which was all good. That's very helpful. It's very encouraging. But it was like Pastor Caleb said the other month when he was here. It's just like people banging in the dark tunnel. We're here. We're here. We love you. Keep going. It didn't get me through. It didn't get me out, but it helped. This is what God. What got me through. God actually spoke. I actually listened to what God said, and God said this, and this, this came after Pastor Tano and I both after a year and a half, realized, oh my gosh, we're both very wounded. We have wounds. <laughs> we're speaking out of wounds. We're touching each other's wounds. It's kind of like, you know, hindsight is like, yeah, of course we're all wounded. But in the moment, we're, we're similar in that way. And the Lord said this, he said, and I wrote it down. It's still on my corkboard. I look at it every day. This is an opportunity for me to heal you both, or it's an opportunity for the enemy to divide you both. It's up to you, Joe. It's not up to the worship time. It's not up to how much you do this or that or the other person coming to their senses. Joe, it's up to you. Are you, are you going to give in and let the enemy divide you? Or are you going to stand down and let me heal you and let me heal Pastor Tom? And the Lord was speaking to Tom in profound ways too in a dream showing things to him that he shared with me. And there was this amazing reconciliation time of tears and forgiveness. And it was so beautiful. And then I went down to Guadalajara, gave this message, kind of thought I was, you know, was still like unsure. And in Guadalajara, there's some difficulties going down. I've gone down a couple times over the past year to to just be a friend and help and Josh and Ann's dad died two years ago from COVID, and he's there with his brother and sister-in-law. And they're trying to figure out how to go forward and vision. And so I'm trying to help and encourage them. And the Lord's giving giving like steps and things to do that are like, oh, this is really good. And then the Lord's like, now you take this home and do that with you and Tom. Come on. Oh yeah, because I'm oh, this is really good. Yeah, apply it to your own life, Joe. There is a blessing and a reward. As we go through these trials, as we persevere, the gold we get is each other. The gold we get is a deeper relationship with the Lord. There's nothing, nothing more valuable. There's nothing more difficult. But if we can persevere, if we can go through, and I don't have time to share some of the really beautiful blessings and and rewards and Things that God has done in the past month and a half that are like, what in the, this is You know, we say a simple yes in obedience, a simple humble action, a simple response to God and following him, and then he lavishes us with blessing. Amen. It's just incredible. I'll just encourage us to sit with the Lord, to, to press into him and let him wrap his arms around you and hear that whisper, hear that whisper, don't give up. Because, like me and Tom, I'm sure there's five, six hundred trials plus. <laughs> Some of us have many trials going on at the same time, right? All of us have something. Maybe a few of us are in that good, like good sun's shining and everything's good right now. That's great. Praise God if, if, if there's this, this breaking in, this, in the storm. But, most of us have something that, relationally, that's very difficult, that's very broken. And hear the whisper, don't give up. Don't give up on your spouse. Don't give up on your boss. Don't give up on your employee. Don't give up on your brother or your sister or your friend or your child. Don't give up on that person that just hates you for no reason or seemingly no reason. Don't give up on that person so far away. Those testimonies we are this morning. Oh my goodness. Don't give up. Maybe, maybe. You're even ready to just give up on everything. Don't, don't give up. His hand is strong and mighty and is close and near the brokenhearted. Just, just reach out. A little reaching out and you will feel his strong hand grab a hold of yours.